The moment is here, folks, listeners, dogs, cats, fish, uh, roads, signs, whatever. Everyone, you should, you should be excited because this is the preview everyone's been looking for. The Atlantic Division. We are only somewhat number of days away from the NBA season. And it's going to be bonkers. Padre, how are you feeling about the Atlantic Division? I'm feeling pretty frisky about it myself. But look, I'm looking out my window right now, and the road out there is pumped. I can tell. It's excited for this Atlantic <laughs> Division. Uh, did the road actually uh, come up Come up and make a lip? So also called as a pothole to make a smile? You know, it started, I thought it was just a, a road, you know, a regular like asphalt road. But now I see that the road is actually tossing up bricks mm-hmm. over there. And I think that must be due to the fact that oh. we're, we're soon to talk about these New York Knickerbockers, you know what I'm saying? It's throwing up bricks to the road. Oh, sh- shots fired a, at the Knicks. Brick road. I mean, I don't think the, the Knicks, uh, Knicks fans have ever, ever experienced such violence <laughs> against no. them <laughs> in their lives. <laughs> no, I mean, Dolan certainly hasn't. I mean, you know, of course... What's his name? Came in, had to get, he had to get kicked out. Um, Oakley. Oakley. Charles Oakley came in with some violence, got kicked out, but nothing like the put down I just threw on him. Yeah, I think the three games, either two, two out of three of the games I went last year to the Nets uh, that I remember, uh, Charles Oakley was there. At just the Nets. Be- at the Nets, he's a Nets fan apparently, and he's you know well, he, he also came he, out. He was forced to be after getting. Thrown out of the Knicks organization. He's never played for the Nets. Well, uh, I, I don't think. Yeah. So, but I don't even think he's from New York. But I get. I guess he lives in New York. Um, but when it comes down to it, this this is a division that a lot of us have been waiting to see, uh, waiting to hear about. Because, and when I say a lot of us, I mean me and. The millions of Brooklyn Nets fans, because there are millions now. Because it is Brooklyn is. Rebound Network, to be fair. So that's it's true. kind of our that's flagship true. team on on the show here. And this team provided four out of five teams into the playoffs, which means they are the strongest division. The, the division um, did, yeah. Yes, uh, in the East, because by numbers, if you guys know. There's uh three uh, there's two other division winners and then two other uh I guess you wouldn't consider them wild card I guess first round spots there's no wild card there's no NBA. wild card in the NBA I mean just yeah it's all de- well that's the thing honestly division doesn't really matter as much in the NBA as compared to other sports I would say yeah and that's changed as of like three four five years ago uh, where they made the rule where it's not about the division anymore it's your record and i think that's why we talked about it in our southeast preview uh the orlando magic were six right yeah. and i think honestly the only the only main thing that matters for the division is just your schedule and strength of schedule so mm-hmm. you play the teams in your division more so that i mean on that tack i would think that the nets one would have a tougher schedule than a lot of teams because they're playing more of these better teams because at least going by last year right because since you said like four out of five teams made the playoffs meaning that those are team most of the divisions in the top half of the conference so um yeah all these and, teams got hard and schedule. these yeah they they definitely have a t- harder schedule because they are playing obviously uh except for one of the teams where albeit those uh, aforementioned next they do get more with them yeah but. yeah yeah i mean that's just being real i'm not saying that uh shit on the knicks because i have all year to do that um but when it comes down to it uh this team also has probably the most dramatic changes um within the nba uh i mean this division sorry um and you have you know we'll go through them as teams as we discuss the teams but let's lead it off with the uh defending champions toronto raptors uh, 58-24 last year. Uh, they did a little thing in defeating the Warriors and knocking them off the block. Only one other team has done that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, which team was that again? 
that's your Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, that's um, right. And they and they did it in impressive fashion. But we're not we're not we're not on that Cleveland deck right now. We're focusing on on the Toronto Raptors, and they lost. They won and they lost. Uh, they won the championship, and then they lost the MVP uh, Finals MVP and former MVP as well. And Kawhi Leonard, um, and yeah, that they got not... they got the chips, but they lost the dip. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and what's the dip without the chips? Or what's the chips without the dip? And both, I eat, usually eat my dips without my chip. Well, it's 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 like a memory, you know. You, it's kind of like I ate I ate a good sh- yeah I ate some good chips. I have the memory of it, but I'm not still tasting it because it's gone. That's kind of like what the Raptors fans have gone right now. I would say, given that Kawhi is the best player in the right. league, or at least one of maybe 30 players you could say is the best in the league clearly makes a massive difference for a team as he did last year with these Raptors. Now he's out here in LA. So starting lineup projection of Marcus Saul, Kyle Lowry, Norman Powell, Pascal Siakam, who got uh, extended, I believe, and OG Ananobi, who was hurt most of last year. So they still have a decent starting lineup for sure. But uh, I don't think this is a championship team. Again, you know, off the bench, Fred Van Vliet, Rondé Hollis Jefferson, your boys now there, Stanley Johnson, Terrence Davis. So that's some of the bench guys they got working with, Cameron Payne. But like I said, not no longer a play a, a championship contender, in my opinion. Do you have a, a difference of opinion? Yeah, and uh, I got to see these guys up close and personal uh, when I went to the. Last preseason game of the year, they they look good. They look good. Um, they were uh, a team that passed the ball really well, played played defense really well. Um, I think Nick Nurse is a good coach, um, and that was proven obviously because he won the championship. But at the same time, you know, discussed it. Kawhi left. Uh, they did. I don't know if you mentioned it already, but Pascal Siakam. Did resign to extension, um, so it looks like they solidified. Yeah, yeah, I said he got extended. Yeah, yeah uh, it looks like they solidified their uh, their future with him. They still have question marks on, you know, how can Marcus Ole still last another year? I think that was kind of answered, and, and it's answering my own question uh, because he played really well um, in the World Cup uh, and Spain won. Uh, I think Sergi Ibaka won too because he's part of the Spanish national team. So um, there's a lot that th- this team is going to get better with um, as as the, this year comes on. They will still miss Kawhi Leonard, but I think they'll be super competitive in the sense that people will will kind of be like, oh, you guys are nothing, but I still think they'll be super competitive and relevant. So, What is your pick for total wins for these Raptors, at least according to Vegas, like we've done for the other five divisions? Um, I think they're going to get, um, they're going to get, uh, the Tim Horton special, which is, uh, 13. The Timbits. Timbits, yeah. Actually, Timbits would 13. probably be 20, right? Would be 20, The Bakers right? doesn't. Yeah, Baker's uh, dozen. Uh, it might be a Baker's dozen. I don't know. Maybe there's a forty-one. So something in between. Uh, let's say eighty-two minus thirty. So I'm gonna go with fifty-two wins for the Raptors. Mm. All right, that's a little optimistic, according to Vegas. At least they got them coming in at forty-six on the dot mm. for this season. So, mm-hmm. I yeah, I could see. I mean, I still think they'll hang around and be. A, you know, playoff team obviously and everything, but I just don't like I said before, not not a championship team with what talent is spread around the NBA now and losing the one of the best players. Like it's just not I could see him going back to I like Siakam and Ananobi and some of these younger guys, but I still see him going back to losing in the playoffs most likely. Um should we get should we get them next out of the way and talk about losing before before the playoffs? Or do you want to end with both New York teams? No, no. Let's just go from the the best to the worst uh, in the division. That's a good idea. Okay. Um, this these Knickerbockers made some uh, signings this year because they had money to spend, and they got Julius Randle. Mm-hmm. Um, they got um, 
uh, what's his name, Bobby Portis. Uh, they got a Marcus Morris. They got Alfred Payton, Reggie Bullock, Wayne Ellington, Ellington, former Nat as well. Uh, a lot of, a lot of players. They they acquired Dennis Smith um, in the trade. Porzingis, he's a he's a pretty good solid point guard, um, and I, I think uh, and Mitchell, you know, their budding uh, center uh, is really good. Um, they're supposed to be good, and of course R.J. Barrett. Yep, draft pick. I'm just saying the start, the projected starting lineup is Marcus Morris, Julius Randle, Dennis Smith Jr., Mitchell Robinson, and R.J. Barrett. Hmm. So he's expected to start right away. Well, I mean, who else is going to play? Uh, those minutes. I mean, Militina, or however you pronounce his name, Frankie Smokes, was, people were high on him a little bit. Then last year, yeah, two years ago, last year, he didn't do as much. Lost some playing time, it seemed like. So we don't know where he's at. But they have a, they have a lot of like young pieces on the team here that could be good. But it's just that they put it together, which seems doubtful. I don't know. Like Frank Talinga, I never can say his name. They call him Frankie Smokes. Like two years ago, he was a rookie. He was supposed to be. He was looking pretty good. Knicks fans were high on him. Last year, he like seemed to lose playing time, and they, he didn't do as much. So we got to see where he's at. Obviously, I want Barrett to be good out of the gate. Dennis Smith Jr., they brought in that trade. He's a good young player, flashy young player at least. Um, so it's like up to – I think they just have a, a lot of younger pieces that could be good players in the right situation, but is this it? And can they all congeal at once? That, that's doubtful to me. I mean, what do you think? Well, you just uh, mentioned uh, Frankie Smokes, and he, uh, Knicks fans should be really excited about him because uh, he had uh, he had killed it and um, and destroyed uh, Team USA in the World Cup, and you know he was balling. So um, for the French team, and I think I think there's. Uh, there's now an excitement of of the youth because I think Knicks fans, as they've gotten disappointed and depressed about, apparently there's a recent article uh, saying that the Knicks whole front office was like sad and depressed after they found out that Kyrie and Kevin were, I mean, not to make it about the, the Nets, but yeah. Um, so, you know, Knicks fans have been tortured long enough and I think, having any kind of glimmer of hope of like Dennis Smith playing well or Frankie Frank Nikita and and RJ Barrett is something that's good for them but it's not going to necessarily equate to any wins. Uh I I think the ragtag bunch of uh players will get some win will definitely get some big wins against really good teams because they'll be motivated to do so. But I think that I think David Fisdell is an okay coach um uh and I don't think they have enough talent just like the Nets didn't uh, for like the past you know uh let's say three out of five years yeah or something like that so yeah they definitely don't have a lot of veteran talent um like I said like we said Ellington's a complete journeyman Taj Gibson is one thing but that, like he's about all they have for like veterans so like real veterans that have been around for a while um yeah I mean what uh this and, like, about the free agency and stuff, you're kind of alluding to it. But I heard also, like, I heard something recently that was, like, I can't remember who said it, but they were saying that the Knicks, like, you always think of New York as, like, a free agent destination in sports because people want to play there. But they were saying, like, at this day and age, the Knicks are far from a free agent destination. Most people, most players in the league or, or, like, anyone that's, like, under the age of 30 in the league basically doesn't remember any time the Knicks were anything other than, like, a, than a bad team. So, it's, like, it's not, that's what, like, along with the people choosing the Nets or other other teams instead, that, that's, like, what where we're at, basically. Yeah, and it's unfortunate because uh, MSG is probably one of the best uh, arenas ever um, in terms of the crowd and environment and... Like, I've had fun there just going to basketball games regardless if the Nets were in it or not. Um, All right, so what do you think the Knicks, what do you think Vegas got for these Knickerbockers? Uh, I'm going to go with 19. I don't know. So last, I think they won 18 last year around then. They had the worst record in the division. Apparently Vegas thinks they're a little bit improved over that, maybe quite a bit compared 
considering the worst team. They got 27 and a half, which I don't even know if I see that many, but I guess they think the, the infusion of, I mean, they did get some of these free agents, so I guess that might be what they're thinking. But yeah, 27 and a half, still the worst total in the division, spoiler alert. Uh, no, I, you know, now I think about it, I, I agree with them, because only only reason I agree with them is because the the Nets had something similar, where they had like you know, won like 17 or 18 games, and the next year they won 27 or 28. So uh, you got to see some kind of improvement, and hopefully, at least for them. Um, and I think, you know, I've mentioned this on previous podcasts, I hope the Knicks get better because it's not fun always, like, being bad, New York City basketball being bad in general, but it would be yeah, fun if they were both good all the time. So. Uh, good. Um, yeah, you want to re reignite that rivalry even though i do think the nets main rival now is those raptors that's what it seems like to me but in the division at least but another team you can certainly be a rival with and you certainly are with your boy josh these fast and celtics one of my most hated teams the boston sports in general but uh yeah i mean i think it all started when uh, the Brooklyn Nets became the Brooklyn Nets, and there's another B for abbreviation in the NBA. And Boston was like, no, they can't be a BRK or BK on on the, on the ticker on the bottom. It, there's only BOS, and they felt, like, very scared, intimidating. They're actually, you know, it's equivalent to, like, how white nationalists feel about immigration. You know, they just want to... They want to get rid of all of them, so that's the equivalent of how Boston fans feel about. And a lot of white nationalists probably are Celtics fans, to be honest. Um, there's a lot of connection there too, but let's not get into that because I could talk about that all day. <laughs> let's not slander. All right. Well, projected starting lineup is is Kemba Walker, newly brought over, Gordon Hayward, Ennis Cantor on the run from Turkey, uh, Marcus Smart, and Jason Tatum, Carson Edwards. Taco Fall, the big man, one of the biggest men on the planet, probably. Yeah. He's uh, turning some heads in training camp or whatever in in, uh, in uh, preseason play. So, I mean, I kind I think I mentioned this when we talked the Hornets, but I was disappointed. Like I was happy to see Kemba. I want to see Kemba on a team where I can root for him. I want to see him on a playoff team, which he is now. But it's just so unfortunate it has to be Boston, a team I hate. Like. You know, but I mean, he should. He's basically a direct Kyrie replacement. I think he'll probably do a little better here than Kyrie did. What, what do you think? I mean, they're the same draft class. They came up together. Uh, Kyrie obviously didn't play that much his his only freshman year in Duke, and I think uh, Kemba left after his sophomore year after bringing them to a national championship um, with nine wins in a row. Um, there, so there's a lot of connection there now that. Also, Kemba's replacing Kyrie. Uh, I think Kemba was drafted second or third, and Kyrie was drafted first. Uh, and I know this because I was, uh, me and my boy Justin, um, you know, were, was at the draft at Barclays, and all we were doing was cheering for Kemba and hoping he would be number one overall. But now you would have been a Kem- really diehard Kemba fan, or maybe not, because uh, if he was gone to the Cavs, uh, if the Cavs made that decision, uh, I just think it's really funny this whole turnabout uh, where everything's gone. Um, and I think Kemba's going to do a great job um, for Boston. And I think the team is actually better than I don't know what Vegas thinks, but better than maybe what I originally thought. Um, but uh, not not better in the aspect of like uh, you know overall talent I think they lost a lot of key pieces like Aaron Baines who who played like really physical Marcus Morris uh, even Daniel a guy like Daniel Tice but their improvements are you know Gordon Hayward uh, is going to be better I think uh, Jalen Brown and Tatum got a year better and they all got to play on Team USA together I think that's huge um, so it's somewhere in between so if I'm going to go with their record um, I'm going to go with uh, 40 46 wins for the Celtics. Vegas is even higher. They have 49.5, 49.5. So I agree. I think Hayward's going to have a good season. Um, and their bench doesn't have much on it anymore. It's true. But, you know, except for Jalen Brown, six man action. But that might be 
to their benefit tightening up the starting lineup. Maybe too many pieces to work with with Brad Stevens the past year or two to try to mix and match. So, yeah, I expect them to be good, but we shall see. Now, what people think is, I guess, the favorite for the division, maybe the favorite for the East in general, these Philadelphia 76ers with a projected starting lineup of Al Horford from Boston coming over. Of course, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris from, you know, mid-season trade last year, and Josh Richardson rounding out their projected starting lineup. Off the bench, Mike Scott, Trey Burke, uh, Matisse Tybal, Isaiah Miles. Their bench is not looking too, uh, too brolic itself, to be honest here. Of course, they lost J.J. Redick. Um, big piece there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, now that I'm looking at this, I don't... I clearly, they got some star power, but I don't know if they are going to be better than they were last year. What do you think? Uh, you just talked yourself out of it as soon as you started. <laughs> I mean, you didn't talk yourself out of it because you were just... Not that I was in it, what, but just like... Yeah, right. You were people. just talking how the NBA feels or mm-hmm. fans and feel that this team is uh better than it was um addition by subtraction maybe um i don't know um i think i think this is all gonna go about how how well brett brown can coach this team um yeah uh and i think they do have uh and how healthy joel Embiid can stay it looks like he's been increasing his minutes every year he didn't have any major injury. I know he had a face thing last year for a little bit, and I think he did a groin or a sprain, but nothing. Well, they took nothing. a lot of games off, I feel like, just scheduled games off or whatever. Yeah. Right, right, load management. Um, yeah. So, and Ben Simmons making a three-pointer is a huge, huge deal uh, in the preseason. I think uh, that's ultimately... Maybe if he could make one per game even, that would be a bit, that would be what they needed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, they uh, this team knocked out the the Nets. There's no you know uh, secret about that. And I got to see them, you know, play very you know kind of understand how they play with Ben Simmons, like being fearless to the rim. And if he's doing that, he's pretty much like a mini Braun, where he's just a freight train uh, on the way. But Braun had eventually developed a jump shot. Uh, for people to respect him and for him to win games, like he, without those three pointers that he made against that pit, the that Pistons, you know, the fearsome five of the Pistons, that he would never made that first NBA Finals. Like he developed the three pointer around that time, and I think that was his fourth year, maybe his last year in Cleveland or third or something like that. Yeah, he didn't even really develop the real three pointer until long after that. I would, years after that, I would say that was really consistent. But yeah, just jump shooting in general back then. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, he well, he's the type of guy that develops, tries to work on something like every year almost, it seems, to get something new. But yeah, certainly Simmons needs the jump shot in general, not just from behind the arc. Clearly, that's more valuable in today's game, the three, but just in general, jump shooting. But yeah, if this team is going to be like a championship contender, which I don't know if they are, but if they are, that he they certainly need that from him. They need an injury luck. Yeah, I mean, Al Horford's very old at this point, too, relatively speaking, and they, they seem like they're going to be relying on him a lot. So, I don't know. I like Harris a lot. I mean, I think he's pretty consistent scoring-wise. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, what are you going to say? Um, well, it's just funny, you know, because, uh, you know, Philadelphia was knocked out um, by Boston, right? And, uh, and... No, they were knocked out by Toronto the year before. They were knocked out by Boston, um, and and then them losing uh, to Boston the year before was because Al Hawford was ding up like Joel Embiid really, really well. And I think yeah, people don't underrate it. I personally underrated how good Al Hawford is defensively, um, and and if they have someone that is playing now that the the bigs can come back into the NBA as long as they're making and shooting threes. Uh, defensively, having two seven-footers uh, is a hard thing for people to get into the paint and spread out the floor, you know, unless they can make That's true. You know, 
it's a it's a chess game now, you know, like, and it always has been in coaching, but, like, if you have all shooters around the floor, great. You know, you're bringing their big out of the paint, but at the same time, you can't go into the hole with those, you know, five shooters. You're going to get killed by Joel Embiid and, uh, and Al Harford. So they're going to have a lot of blocks. They're going to have a lot of rebounds, a lot of offensive rebounds for sure. And if they if they play within that scheme and focus on Joel Embiid being the best player um, with Ben Simmons doing everything in terms of uh, getting people involved, this team is definitely going to be crushing it. I think the Jimmy Butler thing was an experiment that didn't go well. And if they have an injury to Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid, they're done. I mean, literally, I think if they have, like, yeah. there's no way that... If they're gone for a month, even, they're, they're like, minus eight wins, maybe, you know, um, that that's going to hurt them, so... I have to concur. So what do you think is the total, though? I don't, I don't know if Vegas is thinking that is going to happen, but... Well, I know. I mean, you, you think that with the team fully intact... Um, I'm yeah, going to go with 50. What did Toronto have? They had 58 last year. Toronto, yeah, they had 58, but Vegas had them at 46, just for reference. Yeah, so I'm going to go with 52. Them. I think that's enough for them. Yeah, and it, the Vegas is 54.5. Wow, okay. okay. So yeah, that might be a little high for me, but I think I think you're on, on point with what you said. If they play with how they should, if they play with what they can do with the, the personnel they have, uh, and don't get the injuries, and Simmons figures it out a little more offensively, shooting wise, um, then I think they should be yeah, be one of the best teams, and they'll cruise in a lot of games. But if not, who knows what could happen? It could go south to the tune of eight, nine games for us. Do you, th- do you th- before we go into the Nets? Uh, do you think that they're the team uh, to beat in the East? I don't know that I would say that they are, to be honest. I don't. I could see the Celtics being just as good as them, honestly. Even though I don't want that to happen. Again, yeah, I could see the Bucks. I, if I had to say who's, I think is going to have the best record, I might go Bucks. I don't think there is a team to beat in the East, to be quite frank. I don't think any team. Like it would be the Raptors if they still had Kawhi, obviously, but they don't. I don't think you could say there's a team to beat. Like there's just no team like that this year, in my opinion. Um. And, and who knows with the Nets, if, if, if Durant wasn't going to miss the year, I mean, who knows, they could even be. But even if, if he was playing, I don't know if I would say they're a team to beat. So, but, but let's get to the main event. Your Brooklyn Net Kerbockers with projected starting lineup of Joe Harris, Karis Levert, Rodians Karex, Jared Allen, and Kyrie Irving, new to the squad, of course. Like we said, Durant out for the, not going to play this year. Coming off the bench, they got De- DeAndre Jordan in there now. They got Torian Prince, Garrett Temple, Wilson Chandler, Spencer Dinwiddie, of course, is the kind of the sixth man, and some other guys. You you would know more than me, or you would be able to say better than me who's going to get minutes on this squad. But what let's let's start here. What's your excitement level for 2019-2020 season? Well, um, you know, I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast, but I think this would be a good time to do that. Um, I, I, I think I might have. Uh, I mentioned the process of me auditioning for the Brooklyn block, uh, in which this is section 114. If you go to a Nets games, uh, listeners, you, you will yeah, see. Yeah, I don't think you have talked about it, by the way, actually live on air like this. Oh, okay. I don't All right. All right. Well, yeah, then... Give us- you did talk about you did talk about when you heard the Durant uh, news, I think, or the Durant Irving news. Oh, I played the video. You, of you me like yelling. stopped. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You, you talked about that. You were outside the arena, everything like that. But I don't think you got in depth on this. What you're going into? On, well, I think it's. Uh, I think we had a offline exchange. That's probably why I was thinking. I it. think so. Um, yeah, I think that's it. So, uh, big news from Brooklyn here. Your boy Podnam is officially a Brooklyn block member and via the Brooklyn Brigade. Now, the Brooklyn Brigade was founded in 2012 uh, by Bobby Adoku, um, and I'm probably butchering your name, Bobby, my bad. Um, and it came on the premise of 
of he's Bobby was uh, born and raised in Brooklyn. Um, was a Knicks fan growing up, but like you know, uh, he went to school and everything. Came back uh, to city and then realized like there really wasn't a fan base for the Nets. And a lot of people realized this is an inaugural season. This is when me and JT Baller uh, bought season tickets and. We started seeing this group across the way um, in the arena just where like had signs, had like a whole bunch of jerseys, and they were called the Brooklyn Brigade. And he started that off of the Nets Daily website, which everyone checks out. Uh, and if you're a Nets fan, I'm sure you're aware of it already. Uh, and he just posted on the forum saying like, hey, uh, we should we should start forming a team together of like fans or a group of fans and start showing up to the games and represent Brooklyn. And it was like the greatest thing. Um, uh, at the time, I'll be honest, I was a little jealous just because I didn't, I, I was trying to do that, but I didn't really know you how. Didn't, you didn't get that off the ground? Yeah. No, no, I didn't get off the ground. I think we, we, me and, me and JT Baller were like, Hey, we should make a sign too. It just never happened. Um, but, uh, you've been to, you were in our season ticket spots. You remember, uh, the good old times over there. Yeah. Section 222 over there. Anyway, so, uh, fast forward to. The corner. The corner, yeah. The, the ghetto suite or the, uh, I would say the trailer suite. Uh, that's, that's the way I, I put it. Um, and, so they had this auditions and every they had it first time last year. It's called the Brooklyn Block. Uh, it's a whole, a whole section dedicated to the the most craziest, excited fans of the Nets. And uh, you you sign up on the website, you show up, and I think this year, last year they had five hundred. This year they had over a thousand uh, people audition in five different waves of like two hundred uh, people per audition. And the task was to like cheer as loud, loud as you can, be as innovative as you can. Um, and, uh, they would just pick out people, uh, kind of like, uh, cheerleading, but without the dance moves. Um, and your boy Podnam made it, he made the cut. Um, and not because of my podcast, not because of my physical specimen, uh, but mainly because, uh, you can see it. You know this, Padre. I'm a diehard fan, and uh, now I'm ultimately gonna I'm gonna have way more uh, content on these nets this year than ever before, uh, because I'll be closer to the nets literally, and also I have a lot of I've met a lot of amazing people that would love to be on the podcast. So look out for those in the future. So the Brooklyn Nets yeah. have oh, me yeah. in their organization finally, which is the so thing. So now you're like a semi. A semi-professional but, fan, basically. Yeah, a professional fan. Like, but I'm not like. Well, a semi, I said. No, no, but, I, I heard professional fan, um, and that's all I'm gonna go with. Uh, yeah, so that's me now. Pod now the professional, like you know, it's like the movie, but. <laughs> the sequel. Like Leon the professional. <laughs> yes. No, yes. I'm the professional. So yeah. you're gonna you're gonna start hanging out with a 13 year old girl and doing question one. I mean, based on that movie. Uh, that's if that's the scope of it, yeah. Then I have to follow I have to follow the pattern of it, yeah. Young, young Natalie Portman. Yeah, uh, exactly. Well, so so obviously your excitement level is high. Mm-hmm. What is your level of? I guess not level, but what do you think actually? Before we get into the literal number, what do you think? What's your expectation? I guess is the question. My uh, my expectation, for, my my optimism, my be, pessimism. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know, I think a lot of fans feel this way. Uh, you know, the news and the reality of like, you know, a lot of them went to the practice in the park in Brooklyn Bridge, which unfortunately I didn't get to do because uh, Pod wife Pod Jen uh, got in a little scuffle with a with a puppy, um, so I had to I had to help her out. A little personal details there, a but like pup, pup scuff. And that's why you're only semi-pro as well. You can't be fully pro. <laughs> if you're not ignoring your well, wife's troubles. You know, I'm to okay go, with... To go to every Nets event. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm okay with semi-pro because it's one step to reincarnating semi-pro too, which I will cast Andre 3000 again because he's amazing and Will Ferrell as well. But uh, I want Big Boy to replace him in this one. <laughs> do you? Okay. <laughs> I will make, I'll make that happen. Um, yeah, so... You know, the reality of seeing Kevin Durant, even like in a Nets jersey in the press conference, is a big deal. Kyrie Irving, both of them together, wearing Nets jerseys and taking photos is a really big deal. And 
And that expectation, though, of what this season means is not going to live up, you know? Like, we just know that because Kevin Durant's not going to be there. He's going to be in a suit, not a jersey. Yeah, yeah. And he was actually even uh, um, at the Nets preseason game, he was there, but he wasn't with sitting with the team. He was sitting with a a friend and just hanging out. Um, I'm sure he was a couple rows behind. I didn't really look for Kevin Durant in a preseason game. Um, But... When it when we realize that this team is definitely more talented, they're a year better. Uh, Karis LeVert hopefully will stay healthy, play a whole year. Joe Harris got to play for Team USA, uh, won the three-point shooting contest. Jared Allen looks stronger, and they have a guy in DeAndre Jordan who can help teach him other little things defensively, even though he's already really good. Uh, and you just mentioned the bench mob that we have. I'm... I'm optimistic they're going to be better than last year, um, but they're well, what's also... What was their record last year, by the way? I think Sorry they won 44 games or 42 games. No, it was like 500. Yeah, it was like 44 and 40. Yeah, that's I think that's what it was. Um, and that's a lot of wins, but they only brought them to the 60, right? So um, I think they're a top four team, and I think they're right under under 50 wins at 49 that's my feeling and it describing how i'm feeling overall is just uh it's just good i'm feeling great in the aspect that how far we've come uh with this team and you know since i've been there rooting for the team even before 2012 i was going to jersey for games um this is probably the most exciting i'm feeling just because i know there's no questions about the next three years. We know what the path is. I know there's a certainty. It's like going to college, unless you're going to flunk out. But like, at least you know you're going there for three to four years. You know, uh, give or take. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Also, and it's like a co- you're going to a college that people care about now more because I think the the biggest thing. I don't personally know expect the Nets to be a top four. Sorry to say it. I don't think they will be a top four team, like you're saying, in the East. I'll say top five. I think they're back six, seven seed again. But I think the just the general mindset around this team or the excitement level of fans, NBA fans in general, not just Nets fans, is much higher now because of bringing Kyrie and Durant. And basically, they're just going to be more on the map. For the first time since being in Brooklyn, they're really going to be on the map more. Um, which I think is exciting, you know, just more interest level, I would say, more talk about them. Now, Vegas, I mean, what do you want to say about Vegas? you think 49, or is that just what you were thinking? No, Vegas is definitely going to be down on them. I mean, I, I, I think they're going to be, like, something close to, like, 43 or 44, which they had last year. 43 uh, is what they have, yeah. Yeah, so, um, I, no, I know that. Um, okay. I'm, I'm saying this because I want to believe in this and I'm not just saying that I want to believe it I feel like people Vegas doesn't know Karis LeVert they don't know they didn't take in consideration how good Joe Harris played last year and now they have like Ronian Cruz and uh, Musa and this guy David Nwaba who's who's pretty awesome they signed him Um, he was on the Cavs last year yeah yeah I know he got cut by the Cavs he's he's a really good like not prospect, but defensively, and he's a three and D guy. But he was attacking the hole during the preseason, like against a Cal Lowry yeah. and you know everyone else. I don't know what your Listen, thoughts on him. I mean, based on seeing him last year for the Cavs, I don't know if I would put the three in that three and D equation. I'd be surprised if if you get a lot of offensive production out of him. Pleasant surprise if you do, but unless he really um, worked on his game somehow in the off season, which I'm sure he did, but you know. He, he, he wasn't able to do much offensively for the Cavs, but he's a good defender. Um, he's not a bad piece to have off the bench, I guess. Um, I mean, I think it is. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was saying, I mean, the last part is our Jared Allen. Um, he, he's gotten better every year and he's got, now he's got even stronger. Uh, he was doing like, you know how Brooke Lopez used to do where he just, he still does it. Uh, he gathers uh, offensive rebound or gathers a rebound and just jumps down and then jumps straight back up with a dunk. Uh, Jared Allen knows how to dunk, dunk high, and, and but, like, his shoulders were never, like, as wide or strong for, like, like Brooke Lopez is. I saw him do that twice, at least a couple times, even against the Lakers um, in China, and that's 
that's really good. Like, like that is that makes a lot of difference, and because we were getting killed on the boards against the play, against the Sixers, and if we're if we shorten that up, that's definitely worth at least five wins, I think, in our book, in my book. At yeah, least. It should be. So, yeah. He's already been collecting souls with those blocks, but uh, yeah. the big question is: Do you think? Do you think he's going to go downhill now that they've outlawed? The karate thing, or you know, the, the headband oh, that man. he he helped yeah. popularize, certainly. Yeah, I mean, he's got the fro and he, he had the headband, so I mean, it, it's it's a sad day when uh when uh you know, one company decides to take it away uh because it doesn't look good, but then that same company uh decides to like uh endorse an athlete for standing you know for embracing uh, and maybe if they maybe if china started mass producing some of these specialty uh, karate style headbands or whatever you call them then that'd be david silver will change his tune on this well i don't think it has yeah i don't think it has to be china it could be bangladesh i mean hook up you know let bangladesh do you know get some work done you know uh let let them let them get that was not my not my point i mean i think china you know is the only one that's going to (laughs) convince Yeah, no, I was just trying to stay away from China, but that's fine. Um, but um, oh, come on, it's just a light dig. Yeah, you no. kick, you're not getting kicked out of your. Hey, man, your I'm part of. I'm part. Of, I'm like, uh, yeah, I'll get kicked out of the block because of this podcast because of because uh, of uh, your. It's like a tweet, you know, a tweet that starts an international incident. Your comments. What are you gonna tweet? Are you gonna tweet and I'm and say that I don't know the full? I'm not informed about what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Drew should not be talking about Padre should not be talking about these things because he's not informed uh, as well. Uh, and then you're gonna reply with a tweet saying like, "Oh, well, I got a video footage of Enam saying X, Y, Z." So and I do have that footage. I have plenty of what, whatever footage you guys want about Enam saying something flagrant. You know, I could probably produce it. So. <laughs> Stand your toes over there. Well, I mean, what I just said. It's not flagrant, and I didn't even mention Kyrie Irving at all or D'Angelo Russell uh, because I know that those players uh, played a huge part. Regardless if it was D'Angelo Russell on the team or Kyrie Irving on the team, they still are bona fide scorers and will get buckets. So I'm not even worried about that. I'm more Kyrie's face. I'm a little worried about because he's broken it apparently in China and he played like three minutes, uh, and he's going to be Rip Hamilton for the rest of his life now with that. So. Yeah, and in the past, I know he has not played well with, or he's disliked that face mask and played. He definitely didn't look as good with it. He, um, I remember one situation where he was wearing it, and then he like just took it off mid-game, I think, out of frustration, and then started playing a lot better. So, yeah, that's not a good if he has to rock that. He's sure. also got bad stats with uh, headband and fro. Like, he's not good with headband and fro. Like, there's a, there's a stat... Yeah. The fro's not his, uh, not his look anyway. He needs to leave that to Jared Allen and, and some other guys and uh, just go with that crop top up tight. You know, the buzz. Yeah. Looks yeah. So I want your thoughts. I know we talked about a little bit about it, but Kyrie, Kyrie's a player you followed forever. Yeah. Oh, just on Kyrie. Well, I do think it's a better situation from him here than, than in Boston. Just even apart from the fan base, the history or lack thereof of the organization, uh, for him to be a little more the guy, you know, which is clearly what he's kind of been looking for, I would say. Um, and and he is like a very mental type guy, so that's going to affect his game from one, one direction to the other. I do think this is a good situation for him. Even with Durant being out the year, I think it's not that's not bad for Kyrie necessarily to kind of get his hooks in and make it his team. And like I said, I don't see anyone really challenging that on the current roster. Um, maybe they have a little bit of a logjam in the in the uh, the backcourt. I don't. I with Spencer um, Dinwiddie, which also didn't mention even. Yeah, yeah. We I mentioned him just from the bench, but yeah, and and just but I don't know. I mean, I I clearly they had Russell last year, which. Wasn't necessarily a problem. Some he, he missed some time though, so we'll see. Um, but if it all kind of blows well, and Atkinson's a good coach, I think so. 
I got to leave it up to him to kind of manage these guys. Um, and as well, not just the personalities, but the, you know, what moves he makes on the court, basically, which rotations he puts in. Um, so I'm cautiously optimistic on the Nets. I kind of agree with Biggie said. I don't necessarily think they're going to. I think your optimism of like 48, 49 wins, and you said it was opti- You said it was just that, but I think around where they, I don't think we're going to see a big difference in terms of the record from this year to to last year. But that doesn't mean that I don't think they're in a much better position than they have been. Well, I'm like honestly, out. like I'm glad, and I, I I think most Nets fans, uh, at least the ones that are not over the moon yet with still over the moon over the signings, but like come back to like earth a little bit, um, realize that, that this team is definitely 43, 44 wins at least at minimum, which they weren't predicted to do last year. So that's good that Vegas is setting that tone because that's only more motivation for the nets to be better. And that's for players, not like just Kyrie Irving, but the ones that were on the team last year. And, you know, the Joe Harris, Jared Allen, Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, and the other two young guys, Corey Kuruks. Um But, like, I just can't get over the fact that this team uh, has filled out every spot, like, statistically, uh, like, with these players that really fit and are very co- cohesive together. That was a problem with... Boston last year with Kyrie Irving, you know, um, they had a lot of talent, but they had plenty, they had many parts, right? And then they couldn't figure out the log jam, like you said, with Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Tatum also is a big shooting artist, small forward, uh, Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward uh, coming back last year as well. That really messed things up. Um, and if you have too many chefs in the uh, too many cooks in the kitchen, and then you have a sous chef, and then you have a head chef, and then you have a server, and like they're all in the kitchen hanging out. None of the shit. Pastry chef. Yeah, all the customers are going to be like, fuck this place. I'm writing a one-star review. This team and the G- the GM is definitely going to, if the, if the Nets get over 50 wins, Sean Marks is winning the GM of the year. No, definitely. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's no question. And Kenny Atkinson would probably be... Atkinson probably wants yeah. coach of the year. So, I, I'm, you just mentioned Kenny. I'm going to rely on him and Sean Marks to finish, like, what uh, complete what they started ultimately with their, you know, maybe not this year, but definitely next year in terms of running to the finals and getting that dubs. So, and that, and that elusive title that has yet to happen for the Nets in the NBA... Uh, last championship was 1975 in the ABA, the last year before they joined the NBA with the Nets. So, um, so yeah, uh, it's going to be a good season um, overall, and I'm definitely going to have a lot more snippets of stuff. Uh, we're going to have, we're going to do our best to have more podcasts delivered, and because it's a big NBA year, this is most parity that we've ever had in the league, oh, yeah. um, and the NBA has already made so many waves good or bad but they've gotten they've gotten a lot of press uh internationally obviously and uh nba news cycle is an everyday thing now uh and there's nothing that is stopping that um i would say in the foreseeable future so uh, not, by the way real quick who do the nets have to start the season mm-hmm. do you know all of them who do the nets have to start the season what's the first game oh that's that is a game that your boy Padnam is gonna be at. Oh shit! And they're gonna they're gonna be against the Kevin Garnettless Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, they've been Garnettless for a little <laughs> while now. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> that's how I refer. I mean, their their identity is Kevin Garnett, no matter what. Like he is the Timberwolves. I know his cat's on the team, and uh, D'Angelo Russell's best friend. Uh, I guess he has two best friends, but Cat's one of them. Um, and that team is uh, that could be a, a win. Good young that team. could be a dub for you right there. I think at home. That is, uh, I mean, you know, if you're going to set up a team to play that you know felt like a little bit better that you would have a chance to win against, I'm not going to go. Uh, what's the guy from the Eagles head coach um, that just said that they were going to win in Dallas? Peterson, uh, not too long ago. Yeah, um, I mean, he said that. I don't know what happened to the game, but uh, I'm not gonna go. <laughs> I'm not gonna go that far in saying that we're guaranteeing a win. 
I'm going to say that this team is going to be ready for the Timberwolves, and they're going to be prepared, and your boy Padnam is going to be ready with his net scarf, as he always rocks, and and I don't know what I'm wearing to the game yet, other than the net scarf. I got other things in mind. You're, you're Brooklyn Black partying for this, though? Uh, yeah, no, uh, all my games, just about majority of my games, uh, I have about over 20-something games that are mandatory to go to. This is this is a full wow. commitment. It's work, yeah, semi, semi-pro work. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, I would say amateur pro, maybe. Um, all right, ampro. Uh, ampro, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm between the, like, you know, they dropped the D League to the G League. I'm like an H League, maybe the I League. Uh, or, you know, that's, that's where I'm at. I'm trying to get my, I think you're my the game. I league. I nom. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's could where it's Q at. League, but it could be Q league. Q, Q league is better. Actually. I like that. It's the Q league. We're a Q league podcast, frankly. And we did the damn thing. That's a, we did all six division previews. So I think we knocked it out. You're going to be ready for the season now, which starts very shortly. So mm-hmm. Just stay subscribed to Brooklyn Rebound Network here for all these updates. And now he's going to have some choice interviews, it sounds like. And who knows what other characters or people might walk through the door here to talk NBA 2019-2020 season here. This is, uh, this is going to be, um, this is going to be your uh, second year, second year or full year of uh, basketball. First full year of West Coast. Yes. Uh, action. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And Clippers Lakers start the season off as well. First day of the first day of regular season. So that should be an interesting. One. Um, are you gonna has uh has the CEO um of Brooklyn Rebound Network assigned you to a team to cover like a LA team to cover yet? Uh no, I guess they must have lost my email or something. I haven't got my assignment. Yeah, I I think you might be hearing from him. I think it it would be really awesome if you covered one of those teams, and uh, even if you even if you stood outside of where they are just to ask questions directly okay. to the arena, be like, you know, just make friends with Steve Ballmer maybe, I and mean, that might help. All right, well I'll see. I'll check my email once we get off here and see if I got that directive from the CEO. All right. Well, uh, that will do it for this preview. Previews. Previews. Uh, and we will be back with some ribbies uh, later in the year. All right, guys. Peace out. Peace. Pod Boys Productions.